0: This is Linda Williams of Who's Apple Dynamic, and I just had a powerful discussion with Brian. I want you to tune in because I think you're gonna find some powerful lessons that are gonna walk you through empowering your message.
1: Welcome to the World of Speakers
0: podcast, brought to you by Speaker Hub. In each episode, we interview a professional speaker and reveal their very best tips and tricks. You'll learn to improve your presentation skills, keep your audience engaged, and learn how to grow your business to get more gigs and
1: make more money. Here's your host,
0: Ryan Folland.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is Ryan. And yes, you are listening to The World of Speakers. And today we are talking with someone who is not only motivational, not only inspirational, but somebody who has written and uh, put together their knowledge for the world out there on stages all over the place. So ladies and gentlemen, we have Linda Williams with us today. Linda, how are you?
0: Ryan, I'm honored over here to get the opportunity to speak with you today. So I'm doing real well, my friend.
1: Awesome. Now, now, as I was mentioning to you, I don't really, haven't done a lot of cyber stalking on you. So I'm excited to fly by the seat of our pants as we get to know your story and how you've gotten to this place where you've gotten today. So where did it all begin? Did you know that this was your path?
0: Ryan, as most people, you never know it. I always <laughs> say destiny It always surprises us. It never looks the way you think it will. I'll give you in a Reader Digest version what what led me to this.
1: Sure, let's do it.
0: I'm a survivor of domestic violence. I've been a multiple rape survivor. I have wound up in a 16-year marriage to a man who, after our divorce, was convicted as a rapist Mm. and a sexual predator. All of this began as when I was a child and I had endured some molestation in my childhood. And one day my sister called me, it was December 5th, 2005, and said, Linda, you're going to write a book. Well, it struck a chord. My mother had said it sometime in the past, too. But this was the clincher, Clincher, Ryan. Okay. She said that book would only progress as I healed. Huh. Long story short, that was a seven-year Six-day journey of writing that book as I shed layer after layer of trauma, some post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, that's good in itself, but when you recognize that I had no clue I was carrying all of that around, then you can imagine the blood, sweat, and tear that took me to walk through that seven-year journey. Wow. As a result of all of that, my vision cleared up and I began to get a clue as to what my whole purpose for being is. And the bottom line is this, Ryan, as we've all learned, the past is the past, dead weight. We can't do a darn thing about it. And the people who did us wrong, Ryan, even if we were expecting them to make it up to us in their humanity and being here on earth, like the rest of us, there's no way they can make that up to us. So you know what I did? I decided I was going to make it count. Hmm. I'm going to make it count. I can't flip the script on what went on in the past. But what I decided I was going to do is because the healing I came through brought me to a point where I can allow people to be raw and in the middle of the mess without it triggering me. That made me much more powerful, not only as a speaker, but as a life coach who can walk people through the darkness and the shadows and help them to understand that, that it takes courage to move forward and they have to tie to their purpose to get the hope it takes to walk through that darkness and that for every life change, It affects so many more people. So I guess you can say my life epitomizes the fact that it just takes an ounce of courage to flip the script on all of that and to make it count in the lives of people that we encounter.
1: Wow. Well, you are definitely an inspiration. And so, you know, major kudos and goosebump thoughts to you as you were talking about that. It just makes me think to the fact that everyone to some extent has challenges and they might not be as extreme as, as domestic violence or as just terrible as rape. But it sounds like your message is one, not of specific to those. That's your story, right? but you're, you've taken this as an opportunity to really empower people with their ability to deal with, to create clarity. And that's an interesting point you talked about is in this seven years and six days, mm-hmm. you know, you became more clear, not only of what happened to you, Mm -hmm. But of why you're here. And I think that's very, I guess, a universal trait that not everybody has the opportunity to have to face, right?
0: Mm -hmm. And that's so well said. I like the word universal. Mm -hmm. See, what it boils down to is human beings. That's one thing we all share, whether you're atheist, Christian, Muslim. No matter what culture you come from, the color of your skin, the truth of the matter is whether people want to accept it or not, is that every person walking this earth breathing shares one thing, humanity, our humanity. And as a trained and educated psychotherapist, I understand the basic human dynamics that multiple decades of sound behavioral science have taught us. As a born again Christian, I see how we've been missing it in the church because we've been ignoring that sound behavioral science. And so any platform I come from, Ryan, whether it's in organizations or corporate world or whether I'm speaking in churches, whatever platform I come from, the basic premise of our humanity is the foundation of what I have to say. Now, that message can be flipped and twisted and and remolded for the particular situation, but that's the power of my platform. And when you add in the fact that I am just transparent, I get it all the time. Lenny, you're so real. Well, you know, by now, after seven years and six days, Ryan, what have I got to hide? (laughs) Most of it's in the doggone book, feel me? And I'm right up there, look. I wrote the book on Stuck on Stupid. I have been there. And I always tell my clients and my audiences this. The things that I'm teaching here have nothing to do with all of the degrees that are hanging on the wall behind me. Because the fact of the matter is that when I was getting those degrees in psychotherapy, My life was a shambles, and I never connected the two in all those years I was in school. I didn't see myself on the pages of those textbooks. I had no clue that those very dynamics were playing out in my head and in my life. And so that's the insidiousness of this matter. We do not see how our mindsets are completely sidetracking our destinies. And I know it from both the experience side, and I know it from the book knowledge side. So that's the power of my platform.
1: And what's interesting is that th- this idea of it not being something, the degrees that you earn, and even when you were earning the degrees, you didn't really see that connectivity. At what point did things really connect? Was it when somebody told you you were going to write a book? Was it along the seven year, six day process? Is it after the fact? Like, where did those worlds collide for you?
0: While I wrote the book, Ryan.
1: While, yeah, during that process.
0: Okay. I mean, that was a serious blood sweat and tears in the floor on my face crying sometimes yeah process and it wasn't easy
1: now during that process were you also talking or really did your your speaking happen after the book going around talking about it? tell us about your experience with speaking and i mean it's got to be difficult to come to terms with your story and then feel comfortable sharing it on top
0: of that Look, I was clueless. Okay, okay. This- Just be honest with you. I was clueless at the doggone helm the whole time I was healing. Okay, right. That's the key here. That's my message, Ryan. That you lose vision when you lose hope, and without vision, you cannot see your purpose. Okay, and so. Because that's such a slow, gradual loss of hope. It's I liken it to falling asleep behind the wheel. Now I've done that a few times in my life. Okay,
1: I think we've all been a little that the head nod that when you're like, no, I like I can never believe that we're driving and we're actually falling asleep when we know it's the worst thing possible. But it's just like you can't fight it sometimes,
0: right? And you don't know you're asleep till you're waking up. You don't know you're falling asleep until you're waking up.
1: <laughs> that's good.
0: And so that's what the message is here. It wakes p- people up to first the fact that they had lost hope yeah, and the hope that they need to move forward comes in understanding that you get to choose. Yes, your life, the stories you think are too true to tell, the stories you have tell, the stories you've forgotten become the scripts by which you are living your life. And guess what? I'm handing you the pen here. Let's rewrite that story.
1: <laughs> okay. I like this. That's the hope. The stories that are true to, to tell, too, true to tell. And that's really a, a crux that I think a lot of people deal with, because if you're a speaker and you have, you're an expert and you're on these on a stage, sometimes people still don't want to tell the stories that are too true to be told. And that's really where the connection comes from the audience. There you go. How important is this is like a, the modern day tongue twister that we're going to establish here, right? Yeah. How important is it <laughs> as a speaker to connect with your audience by telling stories that are too true to tell?
0: Bottom line is this. You can't even tell those stories until you walk through the type of healing that I went through. So it's about inside out. Hmm. Now, healing, you know, you have to first recognize you got a problem to understand you are the problem. Okay. And when I was walking around before I walked through this process, Ryan, I didn't know that I had a doggone problem. So, how could I know that I was the darn problem? The reason why I'm wishing, waiting, hoping, and praying for a better relationship, a better job, but I'm still in this relentless groundhog's day cycle of the same old toxic relationships stuck in the same old job. Now in that condition, I'm looking at everybody else like they had a problem. Okay. But I had a chip on my shoulder. Everybody saw, but me. Hmm. So first of all, you got to recognize that you have a problem before you recognize where you're a part of that problem. Second thing is you have to be able to walk through the inside out healing. Look, folks, no more of this Butterfly bandage on a big gaping room that's pussing straight to the bone here. Yeah, you think you're all right. You stuffed it. I stuffed it for decades. Okay, stuffed rape. Thought I was the reason for the rape. Self-loathing I didn't know I had because I just believed, believed it to my heart, Ryan, that it was my fault that that guy raped me. Mm. I really believed that. This is after I come through all of these degrees, I still don't get a clue that Linda Nall he has to own his wrong. And so you have to be able to separate your responsibility in the situation from their responsibility in the situation. Quit taking on their responsibility as your responsibility and dealing your locus of control. You know, your circle of control excludes everybody but you. So in the process of that, you begin to heal from the inside out. We're not stuffing anymore. And that's where the power is. You can't just get up at the speaker who hasn't even faced the trauma that you dealt with and then all of a sudden call yourself going to get up there and start sharing stories you think are too true to tell. That's going to fall flat. right? Okay, But you have to allow yourself to develop and grow and heal in a process that is ongoing. I would never suggest that anybody get up there and start really sharing deeply things that they may not have dealt with because that discomfort with that sharing is going to translate to your audience. Hey, here's the bottom line, you guys. And I don't have very much more to offer with respect to a powerful speaker platform than this. Be authentic. I'm going to be able to tell when all you went to a seminar, (laughs) you took a class and now you're going through all these machinations with your body language and the words and the inflection. People know when it's real and when it's not. And your most powerful self is realized. Your most powerful message is made. Your most powerful connection with an audience always comes in the truth of who you are. Know that truth.
1: I love this. Okay. So let's spend some time in in some of this discovery that you've gone through that you can share from a tactical standpoint, because what we've established here is that you can't Leverage the stories that are too true to tell unless you actually become self-aware of them, have a holistic view of them, yes. have some sort of uh, you know healing process through it. So you're not a charlatan who's experienced these feelings on a certain level. You're understanding the why, the the multiple parties involved, and that's what creates this authenticity when you're telling stories. And yes. and just to clarify, there are people who have had you know, traumatic things that have happened to them like you and they're able to work through it and become an expert and give back and influence. There are other people who maybe haven't had traumatic experiences from that level playing ground, but maybe they've had businesses that have failed or maybe they've had life experiences that are disheartening or they've had trust issues or people have left them or friends and family close to them have died, which have led to revelation. So in this conversation, when we talk about this idea of authenticity, are you saying that it is really a universal element of humanity, right? It's not j- these tools that we're going to go through to really tap into the process of discovering your authentic stories. It's not just for people that have gone through traumatic. It's really life experiences, right?
0: Yes. Yes. That's your platform. Yes. Okay.
1: So let's talk me through sort of uh, how you would work with one of your clients on that discovery process, because we just established that whether it's traumatic or whether it's just life experience or the loss of a loved one, how do people process that to become authentic communicators of that message? How do you step people through that? And really, at the end of the day, this is your advice for people to become more efficient and more effective speakers to connect with the audience through this discovery process.
0: Okay. First of all, let's clarify. I'm also a life coach. Okay. And I keep a, a strong guideline between being a life coach and a psychotherapist. So the, the advice that I'm getting ready to share with you is not something I would do as a coaching client because that gets sticky. Okay. Not a lot. Of, okay.
1: And as a coaching client, you have to really like, you're working with that person individually. So if we're speaking about this larger, as I like that you, you mentioned, the body of practice over the last however many years, we're really focusing on these things. It's just not like an individual person you're sitting with. These are humanistic journey. We're going to take people and help them become more human.
0: Yeah. And I still have to reiterate, I understand that. Yeah. But whether I'm sitting one-on-one or with a group, I'm not going to step out of coaching into psychotherapy. I have to be very ethical about that and make sure that's clear. So I'm just going to talk to you guys straight up, me sitting here from a human behavior standpoint. This is the tough part. Okay. Own your pain you got to own it. Don't run from it. Don't try to deny that you hurt. Don't put on a facade in real life and then know that you're just tore up inside. You have to personally acknowledge and say that I am hurting here because of whatever it was. The next thing you have to do is when you own that pain, Ryan, then you have to also understand that there's no magic wand that somebody can touch you with. There's no magic prayer. There's no magic going through a prayer line, none of that, that's going to be able to on a dime change that pain. I'm going to tell you the next step is to be courageous. You've got to be courageous. You've got to courageously be willing to walk straight into this healing process. And in that process, what you will begin to understand is why that hurts you so badly how you have translated that experience into your here and now. In other words, every time somebody touches me off, I'm back in 1973 when so-and-so did so-and-so to me. Mm. That's the dynamics. A big rubber band in your in your back. You haven't healed. Somebody innocently does something. Now you're snatched back to 1970-whatever, still in the middle of that pain, and you're reacting out of a 1970-something pain in the 2000s. That's where it becomes maladaptive. You don't have to wait till you're completely healed to step out on that platform. That's the key. The deal is as long as you are self-aware that this dynamic is playing out in your life, while you're walking that out with a therapist or whatever, you will go ahead and learn that when that thing comes up, it's not real. It's a smoke screen, and you'll be able to navigate the here and now more effectively. So don't wait till you have completely healed. That's my journey. I had to i was a tough girl person and i wasn't going to do anything but hurt people so that was my journey you need to understand that you better step into your destiny right where you are and as long as you're aware of the pain you're going to be willing to walk through that healing understand your triggers choose to deal with them in the moment and step on okay so to the extent that you have come to a point where you can acknowledge that somebody well i'm a domestic violence survivor i'm a rape survivor i've lost businesses I've done this. I've done that. Go ahead and share out of your knowledge. But what I'm warning everybody not to do is to go out there and think that they need to be Linda chucking the boogie on everything in her life. And that's just not going to work for everybody. And that gets back to our authenticity. Be aware, you guys, it's an individual journey. If you have to get professional help to get through it, please do that. Don't resist that. But as long as you are aware of how it's affecting you in your here and now, I've got some free tools on my website to get you through that and walk you through that. I don't want anybody to walk away from this message, though, Ryan, thinking that, oh, I've got to be completely healed before I can get out here. No, step into your destiny at every possible opportunity. That's your destiny, and that's your choice.
1: Now, this is is interesting because sometimes… Aside from the normal anxiety that comes with public speaking, if you add on an emotional element to it, it increases the anxiety because people have a fear of getting emotional on stage. So what are some of the tips or how do you deal with a topic that is emotional? And again, I just want to clarify. Yes, there's the traumatic emotion, but I mean, for me, at one point in my life, I filed bankruptcy and then only found two weeks later that I got returned because there was 32 cents less postage than I needed. And if, like, for me, that was a, when I talk about it, it's, it becomes very emotional. I was bullied as a kid and it becomes very emotional, but how as a speaker, the tactical skills, like I'm curious, and are there any tactics that you use to try to communicate the message without getting emotional or does that matter? Talk to me about that.
0: Well, I think you came to the wrong person. If you ask for somebody to give you some tactics, cause see, I deal strictly on authenticity. So, see, this doesn't come down to, all oh, do step A, step B. Okay. Ryan, if you're out there talking about this situation and what it was doing, it was triggering something in your past, then you need to shed the doggone tear. Mm, okay. You know, I am not the one to stand up here and tell you not to, because guess what? To the degree that you get real with that before your audience, that's the degree to which you will reach more out there. And if your whole goal in speaking, Ryan, this goes for you or anybody else is that you want to make a direct connection, a real connection, a sustainable connection with your audience, then you need to shed that doggone tear. And if indeed it gets to the point where you choke it up so bad you can't talk, let them see you say, give me a minute here.
1: Yes, now that's a tactic that I'm looking for. No, I,
0: I. Oh, that's a tactic? Okay, I'm sorry. Yep, there you go. No, no,
1: no, it's okay. But this is a really good point because I love that I asked for a tactic and you said you have to be authentic. And then basically you said, if you have to shed a tear and if that's what happens, then that's what you do. The tactic is that there is no tactic when it comes to authenticity.
0: I love <laughs> there you go. The tactic is there is no, I'm using that. I'm writing that down. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you, you have, have to go. get real.
1: Yeah, uh, real quick. So are you, uh, are you on
0: social media? Do you like Twitter? Are you on Twitter at all? I'm at Twitter. I'm at who's Apple on Twitter.
1: At Who's Apple on Twitter. Okay, so I'm going to challenge, I like to challenge people on the show. So if you are, if something that we're talking about here is resonating and this idea that the tactic to being authentic is that there is no tactic, go ahead and tweet us out there. Listen to this. When you listen to this podcast, stop real quick and tweet that out there. I'm at Ryan Foland, and you are at what
0: now? W-H-O-S-E-A-P-P-L-E. Who's Apple? At Who's Apple. All right. Uh, Give them a hashtag, my friend.
1: All right. What's the hashtag? You tell me. Oh, well, let's see. Um, Authenticity is a long one to do. Let's come up with something that this makes sense. No tactic. No tactic. Yeah. Hashtag no tactic. And so tag that and hit us up on Twitter with other ideas or reinforcing the fact that the tactic to be authentic is to not have a tactic. So hashtag no tactic. I like this. Yeah. Well done. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And how important do you think the authenticity component is to people when they're trying to connect with the audience. It may seem like a, a, a very straightforward question, but I'm curious your specific thoughts on the value of authenticity, since this is what we're talking about. The tactic of not, hashtag no tactic to be authentic.
0: It's everything, Ryan. Look, this is everything. Now you talk to somebody that I'm going to be a little bit irritated if you're boring me. I'm going to get pretty dang angry <laughs> if I'm there 30 minutes and you still ain't said a daggum thing I have never heard before. Okay. And that's what I'm talking to here. I cannot stomach it. I can't stomach it. And I'm going to tell you something real quickly. The reason this is so important to me yeah. is that I had turned my back on who I was when I was growing up. It was well into the writing process. And my sister said, you know, Judy and I, that's my other sister, uh, were talking. Do you remember how you were before you left home, Linda? And I couldn't remember that girl. I could not remember her because at some point in my trauma, I had completely turned my back on her as if she was my problem. She's wearing her heart on the sleeve. She keeps getting me in trouble. So I turned my back on the very person I had to be to be powerful in my purpose. So having fought back for seven years and six days plus to find out who I truly am I'm not ready to let it go. I'm going to fight tooth and nail to keep it. That's why authenticity is so important. And if you, you do not make an emotional connection with your audience, they'll leave there just having been through another keynote speech. Right. It's sustainability, long life success, stuff that you're going to give them that's going to go far beyond closing prayers or closing comments. If you have not done something to be on their minds two hours, six years down the line, if you have not done something or said something that comes back to them in their life out of nowhere, oh, I remember they said that, that have you done your job?
1: And that's an interesting way to approach kind of the, your material. Like maybe if you asking people who have seen some of your talks, like what is the one thing that you remember and trying to find what that is so that you can really double down on that. And have that long-lasting. But this idea, we've all seen a keynote where we leave and we're like, meh, right? Uh, Great. You just said the same thing, but you just regurgitated it. Right. So this idea of of a message that's unique. And what I'm seeing here is that your uniqueness comes from your story, which is your authenticity, which is the stuff that you've dealt with, but you might not have dealt with yet. So if you're really tapping into your story, nobody else has that story, right?
0: That's the bottom line. There you go. That's it though, Ryan, that sums it up. Nobody else has your story. Nobody else has your personal experience with dealing with challenges that maybe many others have, but nobody has navigated that in your unique way.
1: And I think in a world where there's so many people speaking about social media, so many people speaking about leadership, so many people speaking about you know, motivation, inspiration is the way to stand out really owning your own story and weaving that into being, I guess, the sprinkles on the donut of which is your talk.
0: That's your bottom line. You know, personal branding has got to go way before you start getting your organizational or your platform
1: branding. Now, real quick on on personal branding, I'd love to know your thoughts of that. Like how, how important has personal branding been for you and your process through this you know, discovery process and through that discovery process it probably reinforced what your brand is because how can you have your brand if you haven't explored the challenges in your own life to come up with the conclusions and process it, right?
0: Right. Yeah. You got something there, but guess what? My brand came out of writing that book. That brand is me. When I'm living and breathing, when I get up in the morning, that's who's Apple dynamic. It just happened like that for me. Okay. I wouldn't have thought of having a company and I named the company after the book. And as I began to, you know, I had a 37 year job with good government job with the federal government that I just retired from in July. So I was doing my business on the side. It's only in the last few months that i really concentrated on it. And in that process, I recognized that pff, whose Apple dynamic is Linda. It just is because I didn't go through. Oh, I'm going to brand myself, yada, yada, yada it evolved as I evolved. So I can honestly say that when somebody sees that purple and that black, if they see the words, who's Apple, if they see me on a YouTube, I'm talking to everybody like I'm talking to you right now. No pretense, no pretext. So authenticity has become the foundation of my brand. And I just stumbled into it. I'm not going to act like I knew what the heck I was doing, Ryan.
1: Right. Well, that's inspiring for people that are maybe intimidated by growing their brand. When it was more of the brand found you at the right time.
0: Yeah, the brand evolved. and was born out of my own personal experiences with healing.
1: And this idea of owning the pain and then being courageous and then translating what happened and then really being comfortable taking a platform. During that process, as you're getting help, and then there's your authentic, uh, you know, the magic secret sauce that you have that no other speaker can steal unless they've lived in your shoes, in your life, in your room the whole time, which just doesn't happen.
0: It's never been better said. Absolutely, Ryan. There you go.
1: So let's talk about, I, I love that the simple message here is authenticity is your secret sauce. but how can you then take the authenticity and let's say you've gone through that process of discovery, development, and personal growth and you're inspired to move forward and you want to monetize this message. Not because you want to make money off it, but because it will allow you to share the message farther and wider and, and around the world. Talk to me about sort of your path and your advice for people who have an event and how have you been able to monetize? How do you continue to monetize? I mean, it was, sounds like it was really the book strategy and maybe you can talk about what you would have done differently or done the same again so that other people who are now inspired to go through this journey,
0: they know what mistakes to avoid or the right kind of path to follow. I lost a lot of money. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Book came out. Everybody's calling me. I'll send a press release. I'll do this. I'll do that. Eh, Wrong answer. You guys, guess what? You don't know that there's no return on investment on a press release. So there's a lot you have to learn through hard knocks Unless you get a mentor and I will help any new authors or anybody else starting out a new business. The second thing is you've got to know who the heck you are and get that concrete in, in your heels. So if you're standing in a hurricane and you've got concrete holding you up because you got concrete in your shoes, you will withstand <laughs> the blow of everybody trying to tell you what to do and how to brand yourself. You need to know who you are. And those values have to drive every decision you make for your platform or in your business. Who are you? What are your personal values? And that has to become the guideline by which you hold every opportunity. Hmm. Okay? yeah. So once you know who you are and what your personal values are, you translate that to your platform and you won't be able to mistrust me because there's a whole bunch of people out of here blowing fog horns in our faces. And it's only the ones who are truly authentic, and have translated their personal values into their platforms to their businesses that ha- can say anything to me now. So you got to know who you are. Don't be afraid to reach out and get guidance. My book is, a, I published my own book, but it went through two professional edits. I hired a writing coach. Do it with excellence is what I'm saying. Do it with excellence because as an indie writer, you're going to have to write a book if you got a platform. Writing a book is a good way to do it. Little e-books that you might put together from your blogs might be another way to do it. You have to build relationship with your audience. Okay, I'm going to repeat Relationship with your audience. (laughs) That means you're not out here buying Twitter followers, Facebook followers, and YouTube followers. You are developing a relationship with your audience through your social media platform. That means you've got to constantly throw them valuable, valuable posts and comments. You have to send them valuable information that's going to make a difference in their lives. You develop a relationship with your following. You develop a following that is interested in your brand or whatever you're sending out there, whatever you're offering. And you will have customers for life. And so you write a little ebook. You might make sure your posts are all online with your message. You throw them at digital content out there. You offer them webinars and little trainings and stuff. Don't be afraid to give something away for free. Guess what? Don't run up to me on the street. You don't know me and you're pushing your book in my face without saying hello. That's what (laughs) it is. Don't do that to people. Don't have nothing on your feed, but me, me, me. I got this. I got that. Do not do it because you will turn people off. And what am I saying here now, Ryan? It's all coming back to what? Authenticity and relationship.
1: Yeah. You know what? Hey, hashtag no tactic, right? How do do you become? (laughs) So this is the theme is here. How do you create authenticity on stage? Hashtag no tactic. How is it that you monetize your message? You be authentic? Hashtag no tactic. I mean, you're talking about the basics. You're talking about building relationships, not trying to create a phony, fake following of people that has this facade that, uh, people are interested in you, but right. building a better relationship with a smaller number of followers. Yes. And your, your visual language is great. We need to have a whole book of your visualizations, like oh, concrete, man. concrete in your shoes. I've never heard that before. Hashtag concrete in your shoes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and then a, a, a bullhorn, right? People with a bullhorn, just, just uh, shouting in your face. It's somebody running up to you in the street and hitting you with a book before they even say hi. Like These are all great
0: visualizations of what not to do. Right. Yeah, hey, I don't know what else to give you, my friend. And and I'm no expert (laughs) out here. You know what I'm an expert in? What? Being who I am. Fought too hard to get here.
1: (laughs) Uh, I love that. And I think that other people have that ability to channel that, but they just might not be doing it because there's this idea that, there's a certain way to do things and not others. But for me, it's kind of like a think of like a follow the leader, right? Where definitely on stage, there are best practices and people are following best practices. But if you're following someone else, then you're not the one that's leading the pack, right? So it's pretty empowering and inspiring to give people the permission to be authentic, to find their message, to find their little niche versus trying to just Copycat someone else who's already got cement in their shoes. Right.
0: (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I'm glad you said that because what you just said could have gotten easily lost in what I said. It's very important to follow proper protocol when you're doing speaking, you know, that they're, they're these best practices, you know, you don't get out there, you don't curse, you don't insult, the, you know, whatever the protocol is, there's nothing wrong with that. What Ryan has said is so true because at some point you're going to have to know when somebody else is encroaching on who you are. And if you don't know who you are, you're going to be out there trying to wear, you know, Somebody else's pants is what I say. Um, the, you know, see what us in the church, we have a thing where well, somebody has experience with God. Then now they done made it a whole series of books. That was what for them and God, that was for their life, not mine. And so what we all, you know, Benny Hinn had one out in the 70s called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And everybody was trying to do what he did, and they couldn't sustain that behavior because it wasn't what they were supposed to do. So I call this wearing their Benny pants. Everybody want to wear their Benny pants. No, Benny's (laughs) pants were tailor-made for Benny's behind. You're never going (laughs) to make that work. Okay. And the only way you can keep from wasting time and money in trying to wear your Benny pants, is if you take the time to know who the heck you are.
1: Yes. I love it. So I want to bridge a conversation. I'm comfortable bridging with you and it's a very timely relevant just from your experience There seems to now be a lot of public dialogue about sexual harassment, about individuals in power that are taking advantage, real world things that are coming out after decades. And, you know, it's tragic, but it's also empowering that it is top of conversation. And I think that, you know, the platform of a stage is so powerful. but. What is your advice to women who have gone through sexual harassment and who have gone through these these challenges that is their authentic self? It's part of their story. But, you know, what is your advice on including and incorporating this message of uh, women empowerment and, you know, writing things that are wrong um, without really getting stigmatized to that? Because I think it's such an important topic. But what is your advice from someone who speaks about it from this authentic Point and you, you know, you've got your probably cement uh, high heels, right? I can see you in high heels or whatever. Yeah. But w- speak to the women out there who this concept is part of who they really are. It's something that they've experienced or something that they're passionate about. Women who want to help other women overcome what's happening or changing the status quo. What's our advice to them and their ability to use their voice as a message to change things for the better?
0: Okay, I got to take it straight back to the individual. First of all, you guys, understand this. Knowledge of the truth is the beginning of empowerment. And part of the truth I need you to understand is you stand there and you refuse to become the wrong that was done to you. Do not consider that you deserved it. Don't think that you are that rape. Don't think that you are what that rape or that molester did to you, whatever business you love, whatever the trauma is you're dealing with in your life. Understand that. Don't you believe that that experience is the end of your story, period. That's all she wrote. The pencil broke. That's not the end of your story. Okay. and what was happened to you, the only way you become that wrong is if you internalize it as if you deserved it. Asked for it, needed it, start judging yourself by whatever that pain is you went through, thinking that that pain is who you are. That's the lie that you have got to fight tooth and nail. That's not who you are. But guess what? Your pain is your platform. You have to understand that that's one of the stories we think are too true to tell. And you have to get to the point where you're comfortable with telling that story in the proper venue. So number one, don't believe that you are that rape, that molestation, that pain, that business you lost, theft you endured, whatever it is, you are not that. And the fear that comes out of that, don't you believe that that fear is the end of your story. This is only the beginning. Okay. And so make the decision today. I'm going to make that count. How do you make that count? You take what you learn. You take your experiences. You empower yourself with that truth. You determine who the heck you are. And that's who you are, no matter what storms come your way. And then you go ahead and whether it's write a book, whether it's write an ebook, whether it's doing little live uh, periscopes, whatever it is, whatever you can do to meet other people in the middle of that pain right where they are, you do it. Everything else will fall into place because we got to come out of our purpose, Ryan. we got to come out of the reason we breathe, the reason we're here. here. There's a reason that you're here. And so as long as we allow ourselves to be duped that the fear is the end of our story, to be duped that we are or deserve whatever wrong happened to us, we will never move into the hope and the vision that we need to make our purpose a reality and not just our lives, but everybody else's life. I'm hoping that that was an encouragement to everybody. So you can't worry about whether it's, oh, I don't want to get typecast. I don't want to this. I don't want to, You know what? You can't be thinking about all of that because the bottom line is you can't control what somebody else thinks of you. Sorry about that, but you shouldn't really care. What's holding you back in your life? What's holding back your platform? What's holding back your business about what you believe about yourself? That's your responsibility.
1: I love that. Like, I think there's people that are cheering across the nation right now. It's That was so concise. It's so applicable to somebody from all polar extremes, right? Whether it's losing a business or losing someone's life who's close or, or some sort of tragic, you know, abuse or something like that. And what I really liked out of that, you said your pain is your platform, and I want to extend it. Something like your pain is your platform and something about your purpose, right? Like if the pain is your platform And your platform is what you can use to find your purpose. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah,
0: it's all going to tie in. Yeah. I mean, you you will be able to leverage any pain you went through in the past, any failures that you experienced, you will be able to leverage the lessons you learned in that and going forward, just make sure, okay, well, I learned this. I'm going to apply that going forward. See, that's where the empowerment comes in. Remember, knowledge of the truth is the beginning of empowerment. If you have a truthful view of what you went through and you can see where you might have made a mistake, somebody else made a mistake, or you went with the wrong person, whatever it is, that knowledge is the power that moves you forward into purpose because you're just going to learn that lesson and leverage it going forward. You're not going to get stuck feeling bad about yourself or in the doldrums about something that happened that you cannot change.
1: Now, we're not in church, and I'm not the most religious person, but I'm going to say amen to all that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Hey, well, this has been so fun. Can you believe that it's already been forty-five minutes? Whoa! Wow. Well, I can't. I I can feel that uh, that this conversation has definitely helped change the perspective that I have on the idea of authenticity and tapping into the fact that your pain is your platform, and within your platform is a way to share your message which whether it's messy or not, it still uncovers the purpose of, of why you're sharing that message in the first place. And if you have a message that resonates with enough people, people will pay you for it, and that'll just empower you to share your message with more people. That's right. Oh, wow, I feel like uh, we need to go take like a walk in nature and just like let all this process. <laughs> right. So here's my challenge to anybody listening to this, like shut down your phone, go for a walk, reflect on this, and really think back to what elements of your story you can dig into and own, and more importantly than anything else, you can't control what people have done to you, but you can own that pain, and that pain is the guiding light to where your purpose might really lie. Mm-hmm. This is great. Oh, all right, Linda, if somebody wants to find you online, what's the best way to contact you, or where would you want to direct them?
0: One-stop shop, my friend, who's apple? dot org? who's apple.org one-stop shop.
1: Awesome. Well, let's definitely make sure everybody checks that out. I'll show you some love on Twitter. I'm excited to have this be an episode that continuously keeps sharing because this is evergreen content about how authenticity at the end of the day is the hashtag no tactic that you need to find your success on stage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's been an honor, Ryan. I just love meeting you. Enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for the honor.
1: All right. Well, we will see everybody back on the next World of Speakers podcast as we talk with world-class speakers who travel around the world, and you'll be there too. Adios, everybody. Bye, Linda. Bye.